Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We have tremendous losses because of COVID. We're not liable for them. We didn't do anything wrong. The federal government should pay. The federal government was wrong. Should the Supreme Court be expanded? Uh, you know what, let's, I think that, well, first of all, Joe's been very clear that um, he is going to, to to pay attention to the fact, and I'm with him on this 1,000%, pay attention to the fact that right now, Lawrence, people are voting. Is it possible that, forgetting that the timing is unfortunate, she's qualified, capable, and deserves her stuff? What, what I would say, frankly, is that this isn't about her qualifications. <laughs> Ah, qualifications. We'll see who's qualified uh, to inhabit the Oval Office for the next four years after the debates tonight, or for you, depending on when you're listening, last night, and you already know. This is an odd show for us because um, we are, it is 4.52 East, well, it's sometime after 5 and before 7 Eastern time, and uh, on Tuesday in the debates... Haven't happened yet, but you're probably listening to this. If not, the night we're doing it, you're listening to this the day after the debates. So we're going to try to do another show tomorrow morning, in which case you already know that because it will have shown up in your inbox by then. So this show is kind of neither here nor there, but we wanted to do a show and debate and uh, preview the debates. We did a lot yesterday. And there's some other scraps, too, just in case. So if you're unable to sleep and it's 4 a.m. and you're you just need... The sound of human voices that may not have any utility for you, then that might be the show. But we'll talk about some stuff that matters as we're uh, going through here. I think the it's weird to know that that by now, by now, Alice, Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. people may know Wednesday morning. Donald Trump may be finito this morning if it's Wednesday morning, or he, Biden may be finito. right. Exactly, or Biden could be. You finito. know more than we do right now. Yes, this is incredible. This You're is called, listening to us from the future. Yes, this is time travel. <laughs> you don't get this everywhere. So we'll see where that goes. In, so let's do some housekeeping on some other stuff before we get to that. Um, th- this incredible piece of audio, Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, today spoke uh, uh, during his COVID thing. And we knew this was coming. All the Democrat governors in the Northeast expect a similar speech. That includes Charlie Baker very shortly. They they spent like wildfire in the they in the plan was always to get bailed out for this stuff. Cuomo is just beautiful here because what he's done is just simply simply reshape recast the his, history, the facts in the timeline. None of what you thought happened in New York happened. That none of that happened. No, there's a new uh, there's a new narration being narrative being written here. And uh, Cuomo's begun to solidify his uh, 
the template for this, and it will be duplicated by other governors, and this is it. We have tremendous losses because of COVID. We're not liable for them. I'm not accepting liability. I'm not accepting the premise that New York State or New York City should pay. We didn't do anything wrong. The federal government... It ain't about wrong, Andrew. You know, if it was, you did do something wrong. (laughs) Of course. But it's not about wrong. You know, the disaster visited your state and you handled it badly. You know, to see, you know what, now it's not a state anymore. It's simply part of the federal government. Should pay. The federal government was wrong. It's the federal government that allowed us to be ambushed by COVID. It's the federal government that missed that the virus went from China to Europe. And that- there were flights going from Wuhan into LaGuardia, well into this thing. And uh, and we know that the, the, the governors and the, I mean, the governor and the municipal leaders, et cetera, were telling people to get into the streets. And oh, yeah, don't tell me, but you don't get to say you didn't do anything wrong when you celebrated rioters and protests, by the way, for months and months and months and months and months. No, that wasn't from that wasn't the federal government saying writing Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower with you with the, with the seven foot moron with a rolling paint on the on the side of the street. <laughs> that wasn't to, you know, you know. So this is I understand by that time most of the cataclysmic uh, uh, nursing home deaths had already happened by that time. That also wasn't a dictate from the federal government. Uh, but they were telling people to get out in the streets for Chinese New Year, for the Lunar New Year celebrations in New York. Their public health person was saying to get out there and do it because Trump was saying the virus was bad. And they said he was lying to demonize Asian people. That was their line. So the revisionist history of Trump didn't warn us when they didn't believe his warnings at the time is it's just so backwards as to be absurd. Right. I remember there being, you know, if he's not going to give me the 50,000 ventilators, and who the hell is Cuomo yelling Trump? You got your ventilators. You got your comfort ship. You know, you planned. And like just like he, Cuomo is going to say here in a moment, if he already didn't, that, you know, it, the virus came right through. We were protecting the border, and the virus came right through. The virus bypassed where you thought it was going to hit and whacked the old. They missed it for three months, and it's the federal government that missed People were getting on planes in Europe and coming into New York. It was the federal government that does the border control at the airports. It was the Department of Homeland Security that was supposed to be protecting the border. You know how they wanted to build the wall in Mexico? Protect the country, protect the country, protect the country. Yeah. Then in the meantime, COVID is walking in the door at JFK and Newark International Airport while you're spending billions Keeping us safe from Mexicans, we were invaded by Europeans with COVID. And you were totally asleep at the switch. And we had no notice. The other states at least had several months' notice. We had no notice. So the federal government is liable. They're going to pay that bill, not us. (laughs) You know when you're at a dinner table and they put down a check and you're there with a number of people? If you're not liable for the check... Don't touch it. Once you pick up that check and look at it, now you're liable. Miami to How is New York City, New York State going to solve jerk. the deficit? We're not. It's Donald Trump's. They've shed statehood. I can't, I'm not going to listen to this anymore because he's a freaking idiot. Um, but they've shed their statehood, apparently. Cuomo is not responsible. There's no, uh, you know, the, the state has no apparent sanctity. It's, it doesn't have its own agency. It's um, it's just apparently the it's a district, the district of New York. You know, there's Washington, D.C., and now there's, uh, you know, New York, D.C., or whatever it is. This is incredible, incredible shirking. In- right, and it's like what we talked about the other day, how the different branches of government always try and pass the buck to each other. Oh, I'm not, the federal government will give us money. It all comes out of the American people. Trump. Cuomo holding Trump accountable doesn't mean that, you know, Trump's going to personally pay the price. 
It's just other Americans are going to pay the price. You know, Trump doesn't have the money that's in the federal treasury. It's not his. It's ours. So, you know, Cuomo's just saying the people in my state aren't responsible to look out for the people in my state. The people in the rest of America and the rest of America are responsible to look out. And I mean, I do think the federal government has certain roles that it needs to sure. play. But and and you know, like I certainly the federal government has a role in COVID response and these things, but just the total abdication mm-hmm. of responsibility by the sitting governor of a state during a disaster to say, we are not accepting any responsibility for this in our state. We did nothing wrong, and I'm not picking up the check. I mean, it's it's absolutely the total opposite of the buck stops here. It's It's absolutely, I'm not touching the buck. It has nothing to do with me, you know? Hey, I uh, have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm can. i not going to give Cuomo any more time here because he he's a vile human being. He's handled this thing terribly. He put politics before the virus from the very beginning. He did. It was all about screw Trump. Whatever Trump does, we're not, we're not about him. Anything that, that that was. They, you could tell by all the ventilators, by the comfort ship, by all the, uh, the empty graves next to uh, Sing Sing or wherever it was that we saw all those photos of and all of the, um, the spillover hospitals in Central Park run by the Christians that, 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 that the, the Basio was uncomfortable with. All of that stuff was the preparation that, that Cuomo asked for, and that's because he missed the mark. That's not where the problem was, as it turns out. He got his ventilators. He got his Navy boat. He got all this other crap. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, is this what you just sent me? Is this, um, is this the Radcliffe thing? No, the Disney thing. Disney thing. I don't see, I don't have it. Say it's it. in your Twitter DMs. Oh, it's in my Twitter DM. Oh, okay. Let me see. <clears throat> Let me I'll see. read it aloud while Tom looks for it. It's not audio, so it's, okay. I could do that. Uh, breaking Disney is laying off 28,000 theme park employees. Jesus. In the USA. Company just sent an email to Parks employees. Job cuts will impact people who remain furloughed, people who have returned, hourly, salaried, and executive employees. Uh, this tweet is from Brooks Barnes at the New York Times. Josh DeMauro, Disney's theme park chairman, says the cuts were exacerbated in California by the state's unwillingness to lift restrictions that would allow Disneyland to reopen. As heartbreaking as it is to take this action, this is the only feasible option we have in light of the prolonged impact of COVID-19 on our business, including continued uncertainty. Mm-hmm. That's the pronged impact of Gavin Newsom. Nineteen, congratulations. You know, uh, twenty eight thousand people. I assume, assume Disney World is not. Uh, f- I mean, I I'm assuming it's probably across the board. It doesn't. Say well, it said Disneyland. It, it does say Disneyland, but it says Disney Parks in the USA. So I mean, I I. Although Disney World is back or has been more back, uh, I would tend to doubt that their foot traffic is what it would have Mm -hmm. been had COVID not happened, even regardless of Ron DeSantis lifting the orders. Um, So, uh, you know, the impact of that is so devastating, it's hard to imagine. I mean, like we talk a lot about the COVID death numbers and they are. They are totally devastating. But... Uh, to have one American company lay off twenty eight thousand workers in a day is truly shocking, and yeah. the unwillingness of blue state governors to uh, try and balance the, you know, the health devastation with the economic devastation is. So so disingenuous because they have no motive to because it's Trump's fault. Why? No, you know well, right. we have tremendous losses because of COVID. We're not liable for them. Right, it's Trump. So f- you know, and it's Disneyland, it's very easy you know? to say. It's very easy to say like, oh, they're choosing lives over money or money over lives or whatever. It's not just money. You know, people need money to do things like buy food mm-hmm. and live and go to the doctor. By the way, like that's probably a lot of these people's healthcare was tied to their job at Disney parks, and I can imagine. I mean, that's I, mean, I don't see that how that you know, and people in the community. That's Disney is in Anaheim, California. That's not exactly a booming area. But twenty eight thousand people. I mean, how many people mm-hmm. have died of COVID in California? I don't even know off the top of my head, but I'm guessing it's probably in the it's, ballpark. No, I think it's fairly low. I think California is um, fairly low with deaths. It's low per capita, but it's such a big state. Let me take a peek. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, if they're twenty thousand. 
California, but but maybe there are. But, but anyway, I I assume it's around the same order of magnitude anyway. Right. Uh, and so if, if Disney has to lay off that many people, that means essentially the park is essentially either shut down. Uh, or... Yeah, you're right. Fifteen thousand deaths yeah. in California so far. So so likely that uh, there will be. Uh, more people laid off by Disney in California due to coronavirus than have died of coronavirus in California. Right. And, and and that means for a place like Anaheim, that means that everybody in that community has now right? lost spending power. That means that all those vendors that Disney uses. The hotels, mm-hmm. the transportation, the restaurants, the, the food, bars, All the food, the all that stuff, the people who clean stuff, the, the weird carnies. Yep, everybody. Um, just devastated, and thanks, Gavin Newsom, for that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Disney, Knott's Berry Farm, Sea World, if what's left of Sea World, since they got rid of the fish, which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't even know what the they are anymore out there, like Bush Gardens. I mean, I, I don't know what's left in California, but I know that what's not left in California is um, is Joe Rogan, and his entire show has moved the hell out of California. In the Daily Wire, all of those guys are moving out of L.A. and moving to um, Tennessee, I think, or Nashville. Uh, people are just getting the hell out of California. I was reading an article today. And it makes sense. And the same thing with New York. I mean, what you can't enjoy the city like you used to be able to enjoy the city. Crime rates are terrible. There are people – There are people. what I've heard from folks is it's not as if there are – it's not as if there are um, – you know, people walking down Fifth Avenue and shooting at you in New York City, but there are more drugged out, whacked out, homeless, uh, pedophiles, creeps, <clears throat> like we've had in San Francisco now for a while. Exactly, and like you know, I was in I was in Atlantic City five six years ago, and I stayed at the ta- Trump Taj actually. <laughs> Which was one of the things he's getting crap for about on his, on his taxes. I believe you were not necessarily super complimentary to it at the time. No, either. it was a, it was it, it was worn down. It was a hellhole. You could tell it was beautiful at one time. You could tell mm-hmm. that it had a heyday. But it was just one of the ones where he just sold like the rights to somebody to use right. his name. And uh, yeah, I, I was. It was it was not a good. And Atlantic City is a hellhole. There were all the the like homeless the. Uh, moving packs there they're very aggressive i'm i'm cool with that so this is a weird day because there's a lot of weird news coming out as well let's play a couple of audio uh cuts here so that no but so just so i don't want to make you angry because i don't know if you're already angry because of the debates or you're waiting for the debates or we'll see the debates and you've already seen the debates and it's good or bad but um but um let me play um uh, kamala harris was on with Lawrence O'Donnell last night. And man, she is so she is so the answer my friend is blowing in the wind. She is blowing in the wind again. And uh, the Democrats have control of the Senate. If uh, Judge Barrett is confirmed and uh, the Democrats have control of the Senate next year and the White House and the House of Representatives, should the Supreme Court be expanded? You know what, let's, I think that, first of all, Joe's been very clear that um, he is going to to pay attention to the fact, and I'm with him on this 1,000%, pay attention to the fact that right now, Lawrence, people are voting. Thanks for that, Kamala. Can we ask you the question again? <laughs> Joe's been very attentive to the fact, he's been very clear that he's going to be paying attention to the fact <laughs> That people are voting. And she's with him on that. People yes, are voting. She's hundred percent with him. People are definitely voting. There is there is spam <laughs> with misspelled subject line in my email that is more helpful than that. That when I open it are just weird hash marks and hieroglyphics. Here's Mr. Very Clear on that, by the way. This is who Kamala was saying. was very clear on that, uh, on his uh, answer to the courts being packed. Have you ruled out expanding the Supreme Court as president under any circumstances? Have you ruled out? I am not, and I, I, I know you're going to be upset with my answer. But what I'm not going to do is play the Trump game, which is a good game he plays. Golf? Take your eye off the issue before us. If I were to say yes or no to that, that becomes a big issue. That's the headline here. It's incredible. It's the 
hide the platform ticket. <laughs> just you know, um, we're not going to would... tell you. What <laughs> are you going to pack the court or not? We're not telling you. Are you going to? Uh, are you going to try to federally increase the minimum wage? We're not telling. Uh, <laughs> if um, no. if you uh, if you say that you're not going to pack the court, that also uh, ends the issue. Right. <laughs> because that's the normal thing that normal presidents do is not pack the court. So Alice, if you say that you're going to continue with the precedent of the last several decades of presidents and not pack the court, then that's that makes it a non-issue. Alice, then. People are voting right now. And uh, the Democrats have control of the Senate. If uh, Judge Barrett is confirmed and uh, the Democrats have control of the Senate next year and the White House and the House of Representatives, should the Supreme Court be expanded? You know what, let's, I think that, first of all, Joe's been very clear that um, he is going to... That's a first of all, by the way, which usually means there's a second of all coming. But in this case, uh, there is no second of all. To pay attention to the fact, and I'm with him on this 1,000%, pay attention to the fact that right now, Lawrence, people are voting. Okay, uh, nothing there. Can we try the second of all? Is there anything to that? Not only was there not a second of all, there was uh, also not a first of all. Right. <laughs> Joe has been very clear. People are voting. So if I ask you the question, are people voting? Will you tell me then <laughs> if you pack the court? All right. Chris Coons from Connecticut. He's from Connecticut, right? I think he's from Connecticut. <laughs> okay. Uh, Coons from Connecticut is asked by – what's her name? I find her very pretty. Um, is it Erin Burnett? Erin Burnett, yes. Um, I didn't even know, but I know that you think Erin yes, Burnett is pretty. I do. I have a crush on Erin Burnett. I've um, – she asked Coons if if uh, Coney Barrett has a good resume and is getting you know good testimonials from other people and excellent references. Well, uh, Chris Coons, are we going to vote her in? Noah Feldman, Harvard Law professor, obviously, uh, you know, he testified uh, in favor of Trump's impeachment last year. He wrote an op-ed that he's known Barrett for more than 20 years. She's more than qualified. He says, quote, it is better for the republic to have a principled, brilliant lawyer on the bench, referring to her, he calls her brilliant and principled, than a weaker candidate. That's Barrett. What do you say to that? Is it possible that forgetting that the timing is unfortunate, She's qualified, capable, and deserves her spot. What, what I would say, frankly, is that this isn't about her qualifications. All right. There you go. It's not. No. It's not. Since when is being on the Supreme Court been about qualifications, Tom? Really? Yeah. I, I guess that makes the hearings quick, I think, probably. Yeah, you know. Because nothing to ask her. Yeah, they have nothing to ask her. They have no objections. Am I the only one who feels like there's another shoe that's going to drop after what happened with Kavanaugh? Um, yes, I think that there will be. I think they're going to try to mug her towards the end of this thing. Yeah, because Kavanaugh, they were like getting ready to and it, finish. Oh, yeah. And it also depends a lot on how how these this debate goes, I think. That's true. And then the next one, it depends politically on what's going on here. But you know what? It's not about qualifications. You know? It's about, uh, it's a feeling he gets. You know, if his dog likes her, maybe he'll <laughs> do it. That's why he can tell, you know, they, they can t sense evil animals. So there we are. All right. So what is this Intel stuff happening now, Alice? This is groundbreaking. Okay, this is huge. This is possibly the biggest news of the day. I feel like everybody and their mother is releasing any news item they could possibly mm -hmm. find today. Uh, you know, as we ramp up to the debate, it feels like a news item a minute. But um, this is a pretty big one. This is uh, from John Ratcliffe, a letter to Lindsey Graham. Ratcliffe is a Trump appointee to the um, to the intelligence something. He's, I'm sure it says his title in here. Hang on. No, it doesn't even say his title in here. Um, so anyway, he's in the intelligence community. Director of National Intelligence. That's what it says at the top of the letter. Sorry, everybody. Um, DNI, we call it, in the beltway. Oh, sorry. Um, so he writes... Chairman Graham, in response to your request for intelligence community information related to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Crossfire Hurricane Investigation, I have declassified the following... In late July 2016, U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insight into Russian intelligence analysis, alleging that U.S. presidential candidate 
Hillary Clinton had approved a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald oh, Trump. Wait a second. Can you read that first sentence again there? In late July 2016, okay. U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insight into Russian intelligence analysis alleging that U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton had approved a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump by tying him to Putin and the Russians' hacking of the Democratic National Committee. Hmm. The IC, that's the International Committee, uh, intelligence the intelligence community, community sorry, okay. uh, does not know the accuracy of this allegation or the extent to which the Russian intelligence analysis may reflect exaggeration or fabrication. So that that's a sentence that everybody is in, on the left is hanging their hat mm -hmm. on right now. Um, basically, Russian chatter, we don't know if planted Russian chatter to screw us up or legitimate Russian intelligence chatter said that Hillary Clinton and her campaign made a plan to try and tie Donald Trump to the Russian hacking and uh, try and use that as a political attack against him. So the Russians were saying this, that Hillary Clinton was doing this. Right. And that's not based on nothing, because there were reports in Wiki in the WikiLeaks, the DNC leaks, that they planned on using Trump-Russia um, as a campaign issue. Which right. made them thrilled when Trump said the the Russians, you know, if you could show us her emails, Russia, if you're listening, yada, yada. So here's <laughs> part two. According to his handwritten notes, former Central Intelligence Agency director Brennan subsequently briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence, including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. Hmm. So we have Brennan's literal handwritten notes saying that he briefed Obama on this, on Hillary Clinton's uh, approval on July 26, 2016 of a plan to do this. Hmm. So that seems pretty specific. But, uh, I mean, like I say, we don't know what the Russian motivations are. The only thing we know about Russian motivations right. is that they want to mess with us. Right. They just like the discord. That's it. That's why the, right. most of their intel that they put out there is discoverable. Because right. they want us to find it and then fight over it. Right. They but want a mess here. Mm -hmm. So... Correct. um. So then onwards, on 7 September 2016, U.S. intelligence officials forwarded an investigative referral to FBI Director James Comey and Deputy Assistant Director of Counterintelligence Peter Strzok regarding U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's approval of a plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering the U.S. elections as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private mail server. So I believe that... that Comey is in law enforcement. Yes. And it would seem to me that if she was looking to create, um, you know, under the guise of some kind of um, collusion and cooperation, create a political weapon out of that for an election, that perhaps that might be something law enforcement might want to know about. I would also think that the maybe the FEC, I don't know, would want to know about that. Or maybe that's not an FEC thing. But you'd certainly think the president would want to know about it because Well, if Hillary Clinton was had, accepting well, foreign help, that would be an FEC well, thing. Well, but, but you've be, this is a year when supposedly the Russians had hacked. There had been a series of crimes that had happened. The hacking of the servers, uh, the DNC servers. Right. So you'd figure if she was trying to push that, onto the Trump campaign as something that they coordinated with the Russians, then I don't know if that's illegal, but it sure seems like it. I mean, yeah, it's sort of it's sort of a convoluted thing, right? It's like the Russians were saying that Hillary Clinton had a plan to try Trump to the Russians. Um, so... 
And like I say, you don't know Russian motivations for allowing us to overhear that if they did allow it. And uh, it's very difficult, in my opinion, to tell what this thing means, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's very difficult. And so this follows up as referenced in his 24 September 2020 letter to your committee. Attorney General Barr has advised that the disclosure of this information will not interfere with ongoing Department of Justice investigations. Additional declassification and public disclosure of related intelligence remains under consideration. However, the IC welcomes the opportunity to provide a classified briefing with further detail at your convenience. Respectfully, John Ratcliffe. Hmm. So. Well, it's not at all surprising. I mean, like I said, there were folks in the Democratic National Committee had been talking to Hillary about keeping up Trump, the Russian collusion stuff. And that was almost maybe even in the the winter of 2016. Um, it, it, I mean, there's no doubt that they were trying to try to uh, tie Trump to everybody, to everybody. It, right. it, it has not stopped you know, to, to tie him to every possible pernicious actor around the world that they can. Um, you know, Trump had talked about uh, building a hotel in Moscow, I think. Yes. Or doing something at that time. So they had yes. some little something to work with. But of course, I mean, we know Hillary worked with Glenn Simpson to do the Fusion GPS stuff, to do the dossier. Right. So it's almost I mean, it's like we kind of know that she yes. was planning to try and tie Russians to Trump. But the idea that that the Russians and the FBI knew that this was a thing. Right. And pretended not to know. And Brennan, especially, who's who, right. as of 2017, has been all over the place talking about he had actionable evidence, I believe, that Trump had been colluding. Right. He so said some. Oof. That's the thing is that we I suppose that's the real question is that it makes the intelligence community look shady because they've been trying to pass it off like. This whole investigation is all on the up and up. We had very serious reasons for investigating all Trump's ties to Russia when, like, maybe the very serious reasons that they had were just the Hillary Clinton campaign, you know? So, and it's not necessarily clear that that's the case, like I say, but, you know, uh, it's it's unclear. It's it's unclear from what we currently have. It's sort of this, like, tantalizing bit of evidence I do think it's possibly a little bit political that John Ratcliffe is releasing this letter today? Possibly. Well, I mean, what's not at this point? Yeah. Uh, Although, I mean, you've you've also got, um, you know, the the uh, Durham investigation coming to a head essentially, and Barr Barr investigating with Durham all of the Russia BS and the Mueller BS. And, you know, Barr's only going to have his job very possibly for three months, you know, right. four months. So, uh, anyway, I love to see it. It's nothing I didn't uh, assume already with this Russia stuff. It was always crazy to think that there was Trump-Russia collusion. It was always crazy to think it. And most reasonable people four and a half years ago would not have thought it and would not have dared to say it. They would have been laughed, laughed, sorry, laughed out of the room. So, so you know, I'm not... Uh, uh, Let's see, the Hopkinton schools have switched to remote. I saw that. I saw that. Did you find direct evidence of collusion between the... This is uh, John Brennan being questioned in May of 2017. Trump campaign and Putin in Moscow while you were there. <clears throat> Mr. Rooney, I, I never was an FBI agent. I never was a prosecutor. So I really don't do evidence. I do intelligence throughout the course of my, of my career. What a snake, man. As an intelligence professional, uh, what we try to do is to make sure that we provide all relevant information to uh, the Bureau if there is an investigation underway that they are looking into criminal activity. As I mentioned in my opening statement, I was convinced uh, in the summer that the Russians were trying to interfere in the election. And they were very aggressive. They had, it was a multifaceted effort. Convinced? Convinced by whom? Convinced by the report showing that Hillary wanted you to be convinced? 
And I wanted to make sure that we were able to expose as much of that as possible. But was there intelligence that said that the Trump campaign was colluding with Moscow during their campaign? There was intelligence that the Russian intelligence services were actively involved in this effort. And having been involved in many counterintelligence cases in the past, I know what the Russians try to do. They try to suborn individuals. And they try to get individuals, including U.S. persons, to act on their behalf, either wittingly or unwittingly. And I I was uh, worried by a number of... The question was, was there intelligence that the Russians were colluding with Trump? It's not that, no, we know that the Russians do this, that they'll try to coordinate with people. Yes, I'm sure they try to coordinate with people. The question is, were they coordinating with Trump? The contacts that the... So this and that are just part of the same push. And they were hoping that they could just get enough people to, uh, to bust them and process crimes and have them flip on Trump for whatever they could. Russians had with U.S. persons, and so therefore, by the time I left office on January 20th, I had unresolved questions in my mind as to whether or not the Russians had been successful in getting U.S. persons involved in the campaign or not to work on their behalf Again, either in a witting or unwitting fashion. And so since my those are unresolved in my mind, you know what, Jim Comey, Peter Strzok, let's keep the investigations going. Let's wiretap Trump people. Let's cook up, uh, you know, what we need to for the FISA court so that we can, you know, keep uh, eyes and ears on on these uh, Trump folks and, and bust them and whatever in, in, in BS, uh, you know, gotcha violations. And they did. You know, I'm not going to get upset. It's debate night or morning after. One of the two. I don't know which one it is. It's one of the two. Two more hogs got the fever. They're getting what was coming to them. gone. <laughs> so would you like to say a couple words? <laughs> Am I supposed to speak now or is, yes. is Karen supposed to speak? I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble here. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Nobody's in trouble. Shifting production to Thailand. Okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. All right. What else you got, else? What's next on the list? Punch list, as it were. Oh, Big I debate mean, night I don't tonight. Know. Uh, yeah. I mean, did you have, um, you know, ear inspections as part of your debate bingo card for tonight? No, but I'm not surprised that Trump is doing that. There was there was always been suggestion that people have had receivers in their ears getting information i remember one of the bush gore debates people thought somebody was getting or not, is there technology Perry. like that god really that or, people are wearing earpieces that we can't see it's a good thing for trump to suggest i think you don't think so but i think so because it it lets them know that you're looking you're on to something you know just in case and even if if biden's wearing a hearing aid i don't even know if he wears one um I have no problem with that. And, and Biden saying that he needs, uh, although that could be psychops too, saying that he needs a, I think Trump a break every 30 is, minutes. Fox is saying that Trump is saying that Biden needs bathroom breaks. The Biden campaign is saying that's not true. And they say that Trump said he wants, what do they say Trump said he wants? He wants a break every 30 minutes, Biden. No, Trump people said Biden wanted to break yeah. every 30 minutes. They said that's not true. And they said they said, well, they Trump, said they wanted two oh they said Trump minutes. wasn't Trump said that Chris Wallace wasn't allowed to mention the number of COVID deaths. Oh really? That's, they said yeah. So his campaign spokesman got asked about the earpiece thing and the Biden um and the Biden bathroom breaks thing, and he said, you know, that you're just taking the Trump campaign's word for it, and you know, so then I'm just going to tell you that Trump told. Fox that he doesn't want Chris Wallace to be allowed to mention the number of COVID deaths, and you can take that as confirmed from the Biden campaign. So, huh. oh, they're playing, they're playing rough. So that'll be interesting to see if they do play rough. If they do, um, 
if, I mean, if the surrogates they, are playing rough, right? Oh yeah, no, it's the other surrogate the other day who said like, pissing on something or the, I don't know. But <clears throat> we'll see if they if if this is part of the thing as well is that they have got Biden fighting the dirt with Trump, and that would be a mistake because Trump knows how to play dirty. But I mean, we'll. Oh my God, Rachel Maddow. Okay, I see. Rachel Maddow, MSNBC. Intel chief releases Russian disinfo on Hillary Clinton that was rejected by a bipartisan Senate panel. Oh, I see. So MSNBC has already shot it down. Thank you for that, MSNBC. Uh, There's a new poll, by the way, out today. A very important poll. I'm taking credit for this, whether or not I deserve any. A majority of voters would like to watch President presidential debate moderated by Joe Rogan. Oh, thank you. Uh, 69% of registered voters in the September 21st, 22nd survey said they are either very or somewhat likely to watch it if it were to happen. Well, 31% said the opposite. Yes, make it happen. We need that absolutely. Make it happen. It's never going to happen. Um, it should, though. It should, though. Well, if it doesn't happen, Trump should just go on Rogan on his own. Oh, he totally should. He, t- he totally should. Any update on our friend Brad, Brad Parscale? Um, I have not been following up on Brad Parscale. You were telling me today. Um... Yeah, they, he's um, they, they, he's now, according to, is it the Hill? What is it? Brad Parscale is being accused of, this is Daily Mail UK, probed on $40 million theft from the 2020 Trump campaign. I don't know this cat, Brad, Brad Parscale. I know somehow he's very rich and he's a web guy. I don't know his... He's an odd duck. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so that is happening. Let's see. RNC says no auto investigations. Okay. The, it, RNC is saying that's BS. But um, so there's a couple of feelings on this. So for tonight or tomorrow. Well, to, if it's tomorrow, then this isn't going to help you. So I'll keep this brief. Trump needs to show depth of knowledge. Depth of knowledge. He seem he needs to be seen as the guy who, if this COVID thing comes back, can be is is has the better handle of the two on the disease. He needs to be more on top of um, global events and diplomatic endeavors than Biden is. He needs to be able to tout victories and wins that they've had, the Trump team has had, over and above uh, the Obama team. That certainly includes um, drawdowns from Afghanistan and Iraq, and it it should certainly include um, destroying ISIS, you know, or essentially destroying ISIS. and, uh, you know, even even attempted relations. Well, first of all, he called out China before anybody else did. But um, but he needs to show that that, uh, you know, he kind of reset the 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 position of the U.S. on the world stage. And I have no problem with the way he did it. I don't care if he pushed the Romanian president around or whatever that it was. I don't like the U.S. being played by the United Nations and uh and uh, I, I think that him going after China, even though that the trade war may not have uh, helped, in fact, hurt farmers, China needed to be gone after. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there's these are some things that needed to happen. I didn't mind the Kim Jong-un stuff. Um, it was wacky. But you have the one guy um, now with Trump who is – the one guy who could do it, you know, he's got a special, different kind of personality. He's got a different skill set than other presidents, and he doesn't have. He's not a strong ideologue, and so he's not tethered or handcuffed to. Um, might be handcuffed to, you know, r- Republican orthodoxy, and I think that is a good thing, and I'll, uh, I welcome it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's so hard to predict what's going to happen. I mean, for you now, tomorrow, it's easy to to, to know what's going to happen because it already happened. But um, I, I don't know. Do I have, like, predictions or thoughts? I mean, I, 
I honestly don't know. Both Trump and Biden are so inconsistent. When they show up, they show up. And, you know, but they can both go badly, badly off where they're supposed to be and really screw things up for themselves. I mean, with Trump, it was like a wild ride the whole 2016 election. Like, I feel like I'm back there. It's like he's up and he's down and he's like the Katy Perry song, as you brought up last time. But I mean, I'm I think back because this whole thing is bringing me back to then and like how many miniature dramas were a part of that election. And now, of course, it's like even sped up more. But like, think how they all seemed so important at the time. And then they like they just like faded and on to the next thing. It's like our attention span has become so short. Like I was trying to think back. I can't even remember the name of the woman. Do you remember that woman that um, that he was dissing some like former beauty queen that he said got fat or something? Yes. And the Hillary Clinton campaign brought her out and it was like going to kill his campaign. This thing with this this woman who he was just so rude to her. And like the whole Megyn Kelly thing, obviously, though, that like loomed a little bit larger. But mm-hmm. But but yeah, I was thinking back. I was like, this was so big at the time and I can't even remember this woman's name. And like out of, you know, on this, I don't, I'm not that into stuff, but on the scale of most Americans, I'm probably like in the top 5% of how closely people follow the news. And like, I don't remember her name. It's gone there. And there were probably a hundred other things like that that year just between the time we're at right now and the election so it's it's like all bets are off and part of that is trump and part of that is us because trump's just a system of where we are mentally you know and and you know that's what our news cycle's like that's what we reward in the news that's how people get clicks is by blowing up these stories and then blowing up the next story and it just it's a cycle like I don't know I don't know if it's a good thing frankly and as a participant in it I I don't know if it's a good thing but but it is where we are right now so it's good to keep some perspective I think to look back and say these things that seemed so huge in 2016 kind of came and went and now they're gone and like what are the things that matter you know whatever Whatever point we're at tomorrow morning when you're listening to this, I hope you, you know, get up and have breakfast with your kids and go about your day and remember that it's sort of all fake in a way. All right, Alice, this might be it. Democratic Representative Wendy Ullman and Governor Tom Wolf are caught on a hot mic referring to masks as, quote, political theater that they want to get on camera. Let's see if we can hear this. Oh, no. So Wendy, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my mask off when I speak. I will as well. I just I'm waiting so that we can do a little political theater. Okay. <laughs> Ouch. So that it's on camera. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's bad. I mean. Uh, oh man. What are you gonna do? It's almost as if they don't mean any of it. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, like I say, it's a scandal of the minute. Next week, you won't remember who those people are. <laughs> None of us will. And, um, and yeah, that's that's all I have, really. It's just whatever's going to happen tonight between the time we're talking right now and the time you're listening to this. Let's just keep it in perspective, everybody. It's just politics, right, Alice? That's it. That's right. So, um, what else is going on in the world? So, we have tonight or tomorrow, and like I said, like I said, we'll know in just a for First of all, Eric Trump is now trans, I believe, is another item that we need to hit, Alice. I believe he's disavowed his comments. Oh, he did? Okay. So, let me here get to this. This is Eric Trump earlier in the day, and I thought that was exciting because I thought, you know what, I don't know a lot about the guy. I did talk to him just a month ago, and he didn't mention it. In the New York Times, and it talks, it's this, her, her name is Chris. She doesn't want to give her last name because she says that her colleagues at work, it wouldn't go well with them. She lives in Manhattan. She's in her 50s. Secret she, Trump voter. That's right. She is, uh, she's gay. She said her 401k went up with your dad, 19.6 percent gas prices uh, better than they were under Obama. She goes on to say that Obamacare was $560 a month for her and she had lost her job. So she was priced out. She talks about crime in the neighborhood. She talks about Bill de Blasio and how he's uh, inept. 
uh, that the Russia, Trump, Russia thing, the Clinton's fingerprints are all over it. Um, she calls Joe Biden weak. Is this, but she doesn't want to use her last name. And there are a lot of people that might be voting for your dad that aren't admitting it. And, uh, and it was Brett Stevens who's been a critic of, of your uh, dad who wrote the editorial. So are you yeah. counting on this person, on the secret voter? Ainsley, that person's there. I'm telling you, I see it every day. The LGBT community, they are incredible. And you should see how they've come out in, in full force for my father every single day. I'm part of that community, and we love the man. And thank you for protecting our neighborhoods, <laughs> and thank you for, for protecting our cities. <laughs> well, there you go. That's something you didn't know. Apparently, he's not really part of that community. but He, um... Oh, I wonder if... Uh, he if... has clarified that he meant he's friends with gay people. Oh, I see. Okay. So he's part of that community in that he knows some gay people. So. Well, that was exciting for just a moment. I wonder if Trump tonight will say LGBTQTIA+. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. We don't want to, it's, it's, so t- it's a tough one because we don't know what's going on yet. We don't know what... I mean, really... I, Somehow, Al, you know, if you have to leave work, just pull the the uh, fire alarm or something and leave, and we can do a show at midnight. <laughs> okay. Well, I will. I will attempt to listen um, as live as I can. Uh, All right, everybody. While I'm working. Enjoy the debate, or I hope you enjoyed the debate. One of the two, and we will join you tomorrow. We'll do a special early version of the podcast tomorrow, so that we can catch up and. Um, and recap it all with you. Experience it with all with you. We appreciate it so much. Thanks for uh, following me on Twitter at Tom Shattuck. Follow Alice at Alice Shattuck. Once I said this is an odd kind of show because this is kind of a burn notice show because it's, it doesn't stand up after about five hours from now. But anyway, we'll be standing up for you tomorrow, right? <laughs> all right, now. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks so much, everybody. Say la vie. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.